0: This podcast is intended for adult audiences only and contains explicit language in spicy situations, and we do not replace any advice of professionals and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not reflect our own. Welcome to the Pineapple Express podcast, and I'm your host, Kylie, a.k.a. Sexy Swinger Chick.
1: And I'm Brad, a.k.a. Brad the Space Cadet.
0: Journey with us as we navigate in ethical non-monogamy, sex positivity, sex work, and relationship advice as millennial swingers.
1: Explore with us as we share some of our upside-down pineapple adventures with you. All,
0: All aboard, aboard the Pineapple, pineapple Express. Express! Okay. So you're wondering how to get to a Swinger Society event to party with some of the hottest names in TikTok, OnlyFans, and social media? Well, head on over to the swingersociety.net and create a free profile, purchase exclusive memberships, and also see what other hot couples are going to the events. The Swinger Society is an inclusive event group, and they offer premium lifestyle events that you won't find anywhere else. We have a Discord with over 22,000 members, and we have a Facebook group as well. Head on over to swingersociety.net and join the fastest-growing, inclusive lifestyle community. Hey, Upside Down Pineapple people! Join the millions of couples enjoying amazing sex with Promessin. I personally love their variety of products they offer, and their aloe-based lube is the only lube I've ever used that doesn't throw off my pH. Brad loves their delay spray, which is clinically proven to help men last longer in bed. Their products have a 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping on orders in the U.S. over $10. Their shipping is discreet and private, which is perfect for us in the swinger lifestyle. Make sure that you go to wwwpromescentcom backslash Kylie for all your discreet sexual health needs. My link is in the show notes. Promescent helps you live your best upside-down pineapple life. Hello, my favorite upside-down pineapple friends. It is Kylie here with the Pineapple Express podcast. So on today's episode, we are going to talk boundaries. Uh, this is especially a good one for anybody who's new to the lifestyle. But I talk with this amazing woman. Her name is Lauren, and she is swinging lifestyle coach. And I actually met her at Naughty in New Orleans. We went out and we had some coffee and we chatted and uh, trying to figure out kind of where she is going to fit in for all of this. So I would love to have her on the podcast more because I think that she has a great perspective on the lifestyle that totally aligns with mine when it comes to, you know, just really healing and bettering yourself. And, uh, you know, obviously you guys know I'm on a healing journey right now. So uh, definitely loved, loved this podcast. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Uh, Housekeeping. So we are going to be in like I think like fifty-five days we're gonna be at Naughty New or Naughty New Orleans. Oh my brain is still there. Uh, we're gonna be at Secrets in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, it's pretty sold out, but there's still overflow. Um and then we are going to be at a play champagne takeover, uh, that's going to be in October, October twentieth through the twenty 20- or 21st and 22nd uh, in Blue Ash, Ohio. And don't really know what's going to go on for 2024 yet, guys. Uh, We're probably not going to be at as many events. We're going to be doing more Ohio events, uh, staying closer to home. So there's that. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. I know I really loved it. Um, I did, however, want to go back to doing my um, Ask... um, ask me questions. Uh, and cause I found this really, really good one and I wanted to share my answer with you guys. So, um, I know I haven't been doing that, but it's, this one was like so good that I just felt like I, I had to have this conversation. So the question, and this actually comes from like one of the Facebook groups I'm in, it says, how do you handle when someone in real life either notices you with another partner in public and you have Or you have a regular significant other that they are aware of. The real life person doesn't realize that you're a poly, swinger, open relationship and accuses you of having an affair or cheating. Or like if somebody that you know in quote unquote real life sees you on a vanilla dating app like Tinder or uh, Plenty of Fish. Um, Unsure how to handle uh, how others assume the affair. And you know, my answer to that is... You know, I would, and this is just honestly, I would just be honest and be like, hey, yeah, so we're not monogamous. Um, You know, if you don't feel safe to have that conversation, but I mean, it's... You know, and that's what makes it hard because some people don't feel safe to have that conversation, especially if it's somebody like a boss or a co-worker or maybe an ex-spouse um, who, you know, could possibly like screw screw something up. Um, but I think, you know, I'm really, really blessed that I get to live openly. But, you know, I think just saying, you know, if they see you out in public, just say, oh, we're really good friends or it's, you know, Um, You could even say that they're a family member. I mean, this is if you like absolutely have to lie. Um, But I think, you know, just letting them know, oh, yeah, my wife knows about this or my husband knows about this. Um, or, you know, just even if you say, oh yeah, we were thinking about like, if they see you on a dating app, like, oh yeah, we were thinking about like finding a third for a threesome or something like that. You know, that's a little bit more digestible than telling someone, oh yeah, we're swingers or, oh yeah, we're polyamorous. So, um, I think obviously it's however you feel safe and if you do feel safe to talk about it um that's the most important thing but yeah that's kind of like a sticky situation but luckily me and Brad don't have to deal with that so uh yeah but again it's to however you know you feel safest and sometimes you just have to have to tell a little white lie you know um but yeah anyways here is the podcast with me and Lauren, again, We, uh, from, she's Swing Lifestyle Coach. And um, we talk about boundaries in the lifestyle and especially for newbies. Hopefully you guys love it. Uh, make sure that you leave me a five-star review if you would. And um, yeah, so enjoy.
1: Most people have unprotected oral sex, right? Be
0: honest. Now think about your last STD test. Did your doctor tickle your throat with something that looked like a giant Q-tip? Probably not. Yet that's the only way to check for oral gonorrhea or chlamydia, which are often asymptomatic. You need a better doctor. You need shamelesscare.com. Use coupon code CHIC, that's C-H-I-C, at checkout. I get asked all the time, how do I get into the non-monogamous lifestyle? And I've got the solution for you. It's the 3Fun app. It's the best dating app for couples and singles looking to explore open relationships. It's totally millennial friendly, aka it's in the 21st century, you guys. This is finally a dating app for us non-monogamous folks who are looking for a unicorn. Maybe you're looking for a bull. Maybe you're looking for a couple. This is my favorite app, and I use it all the time. If you want to find a link to it, just go to www.sexyswingerchick.net, and you'll find my link. hope to see you guys there. Hey, guys. So I have Lauren here. She is from Swinging Lifestyle Coach. So basically, well, I'll let you explain what you do. But from my understanding, you help people navigate through the lifestyle, you coach them through, you know, swinging and non monogamy. So if you could just give us uh, the listeners an introduction of what you do and um, how you help people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Lauren, and I help people in the lifestyle, I would say, and um, primarily in a couple ways. One is Uh, people are often looking for some help when they are uh, curious or first getting into lifestyle Um, because as I think we've all been there, there are lots of fears about it as well. And not just fears like I don't know what to wear, but fears like we don't want to mess up our relationship, which is a really important thing. So um, that's what I can help people with is navigating and, you know, everybody's going to make mistakes, it's going to happen. But just giving them um, some guidance in terms of things they want to talk about before they head into situations, um, just making those kind of rougher waters way smoother. Um, The second thing is people who have been in lifestyle for a little while, and sometimes there's just a hang up. You know, there's a situation that happens, or just, you know, a certain dynamic that they, you know, what I say about lifestyle is that, a, you need a really solid foundation going into lifestyle in your relationship. I don't I don't think this can be said enough that lifestyle will never fix something in your relationship. Then once you get in lifestyle, lifestyle is like a little flashlight. So it's gonna find any of the little cracks in that foundation that you thought was totally yes. solid. Mm-hmm. And so um one is to just know that and go into lifestyle knowing that, okay, we're going to discover some cracks. And that's going to be, we have to kind of go in with some curiosity and interest around that. And also, um, both be committed to looking at those cracks together. So, um, that is another area that I can help people is when they find that little crack and they're like, we're kind of can't get past this one. I can just help people navigate that.
0: Or like, so can you help people like navigate insecurities and jealousy
1: issues, maybe rejection issues that they're dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. And I always say, you know, unfortunately, I don't have the magic pill that can help any of those things go away. But I can certainly coach people through um, their experience with them and address them more powerfully if they're feeling controlled by that. And like
0: get to the root of the issue. Like, where's is this coming from and how can we fix it?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I I've met a lot, you know, I've been in a lifestyle for, we've been three years now and I've met a lot of couples, you know, where I'm just like, I really think that you could benefit from and P pe- you know, being online and being on social media, people come to me all the time with like these, you know, issues that they they're having or, you know, um and again, like you said, you have to have a strong foundation, and that's why I'm really excited that we're gonna talk about boundaries because if I'm 100 honest, like I feel like boundaries, that's like kind of the first step. would you agree? Absolutely is creating uh, a set set of boundaries that both you and your partner agree on. Mm-hmm. um so my first question about boundaries is, let's say I'm brand new to the lifestyle and I find you on Instagram and I'm just like, okay, let's have a session. Can you help? And you know, me and my partner, uh, can you help me and my partner establish some boundaries? What are boundaries? How do they work? What are, you know, boundaries that a lot of new couples get, you know, Um, what, what, how would you answer
1: that? Um, So once, first I want to make a distinction between boundaries and agreements. And this is, kind of an industry distinction, if you will, I think a lot of people still call them boundaries. But the one distinction I want to make about that is a boundary, it's usually something that you establish yourself. So um, I know something about myself, and I'm going to create a boundary around it, whether we're talking lifestyle or just general boundaries. And I'm going to create a boundary in my life. um, Because I want to keep myself safe. It's always about safety in a way, right? And so um, the distinction with the boundary and the agreement is, okay, I propose this. This is how I'm going to feel the safest. And a boundary is like, you put a boundary out there and you can tell people the boundary and they're like, okay, I'm either going to honor your boundary or not, right? It's kind of up to them. I think an agreement takes that conversation to another level in the sense that they're like, Okay, I am good with that <laughs> agreement between the two of us that we're not going to do that thing. Now, I think the difference also not or actually a similarity between an agreement and a boundary that should probably be discussed beforehand is um, you know so if if there's a ba- if you have a boundary and someone keeps ba- breaking your boundary, that's a pretty big like questionable thing. Like, why do you keep <laughs> breaking my boundary? Same thing, agreements. If you make agreements and someone keeps breaking an agreement that the two of you have made, like why do we keep breaking that agreement? So just to to also understand, as uh, we've already talked about a little bit, that they're going to change over time. And even the most solid agreement that doesn't seem like it's gray, there will be a gray area found. Like probably the first night that you agree to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that thing. Yeah. And so it's also worth discussing like, okay, like what are we going to do if one of us breaks this boundary or agreement? It's probably just a conversation of like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? But I think sometimes in a breaking an agreement, it's easier to understand that someone accidentally did that right. than a boundary because you're like, well, I said, this is my boundary and you broke it. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like a little easier to blame somebody. Mm-hmm. In that situation. So that's why I like the term agreement. Um, and you had actually asked me about rules. I don't usually use the term rules, but your question made me think about that. And I, I think of rules as more as something we use with children. Mm-hmm. So I don't really use that language. But also when I thought about it further, I think rules are very much about safety, like physical safety. That's why I think about them with children because it's like, don't run into the road. Right. (laughs) You know, things like that. So like maybe some of our agreements like using condoms or protection or something like that could fall into kind of the rule category. But just for my world, I generally use the term agreement.
0: Yeah. And I, and that's what I think too. I think like with rules, that's something that's non-negotiable like condoms and STD talks and well for me anal sex right so those are like we just that's that's to protect me and keep me safe yes um and I think you know that's that's how I look at a rule like that's something for safety and definitely Mm -hmm. like all the couples I've ever met are like that's their one rule that's like boundaries I think can be discussed at some point. Uh, it might not be in the, it's probably definitely not in the beginning, but you know, it can be discussed, but like rules is something that's like where this is, no, this is for safety. I agree. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then, um, did you, did you say you wanted to jump into some common ones that people start with?
0: Yeah, I would like to, I, you know, and I think a lot of people when, when they ask me, you know, they're new to the lifestyle and I always tell them to listen to the podcast. So I think it's really important, you know, because people don't even really like, we had no idea where to start. No, We Google, we did a quick Google search of like terms. And then we sat down and we had like an hour long conversation and we were like, okay, what are we comfortable with? And he was like open for whatever. And I was like, well, um, no kissing. We're only going to do soft swap, um, only with women. And like, Obviously that all went out the door the first day, but, (laughs) but I think that a lot of people have similar common boundaries in the beginning. So maybe this will help them navigate that conversation.
1: Yeah. And I have a list of them here and I'm going to start with super, super common ones in the beginning and they kind of will get a little bit more complex or if not complex things that people don't necessarily think about in the beginning, because like you said, Your first set is just to get you out the door. (laughs) Always about feeling safe. So um, whatever gets you feeling safe for an evening is fair. And I hear a lot of... Judgment around boundaries. Sometimes I don't know if you also hear this, especially when we're talking about the crossover between polyamorous communities and the swinging community. They're like, "Oh yeah, those swingers—they try to control the feelings with boundaries and you know things like that." And I just want to like level that playing field, and that boundaries are just or agreements, I should say, as I usually um are just to keep us safe. They might keep us safe for an evening. <laughs> Right. You know, none of these things we know are set in stone. We're maybe feeling off a day and like we need to add some extra agreements for an evening or like, you know, I just want to be like a little bit light with the agreements. They're important. So they're not light, but they're also light in the sense that like they come and go, they change and they're always just about keeping us safe. So and they, I think that they
0: change. First of all, situation to situation, night to night, yeah. group to group, you know, we have found that like when we're with our core group of friends that our boundaries are a lot lighter, you know, but if we're in a club situation where we don't know anybody and exactly, you know, we're going to have more boundaries. Um, for us at this point, it's usually, we, we have that conversation where like, what are your boundaries? Because ours are pretty laxed and light, but, um, going back to like the polyamory, you know, and kind of that E where that, I guess that disconnect is, um, you know, I think that, A lot of people think that swingers have boundaries and have, I guess, rules and agreements um, because, like, we're trying to control our partner. And really, it's more so about freedom and intimacy and having those conversations. Um, I've found it to be way more intimate with my partner just talking about boundaries. Boundaries are important in any relationship not just a swinger relationship. Exactly. Polyamorous people have boundaries with their feelings and their bodies. I have boundaries every single night as a sex worker with men. So, I mean, boundaries are super, super, super important and agreements with yourself and with your partner, regardless if you're a monogamous, non-monogamous, polyamorous relationship anarchy. So thank you for bringing that up for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so... Sometimes I feel like these are super obvious because we've been in it five years. And um, if I actually forget some of the super obvious ones, please jump in. So I think one of the first ones is full versus soft swap in the swinging world, of course.
0: So can you, and I love asking all of my guests this question. This is like one of my favorite things. Can you explain your version of full swap and soft swap?
1: Yes. So my version, um, and then I want to add another funny distinction to this. Um, my version is full swap involves, uh, penal penetration and, or did I say soft? It was full swap. Um, is that, and soft swap is probably everything but that. So
0: full swap is penetration and soft swap for me anyways, can be parallel play, um, head, you know, fingering, yes. yes, eating, uh, pussy, you know, all of that. And then full swap is like actually having sex. Correct. Um, cause well, that's like, that's such a, yeah. those terms. Everybody gets really confused about because I feel like it's a little bit different everywhere and everyone you talk to. So I always ask the couple, what Absolutely. Their
1: is. <laughs> Especially because even you just saying having sex, like soft swap is having sex in some people's vocabulary. So, you know, just being very clear about what, you know, penetration and fingers penetrating and penises penetrating or what are all the things. And then the other distinction that has kind of come up for my husband and I is making out. Because, um, that is a very general term and we all have our own ideas of what making out means. And then I'll be like, well, I made out with that guy. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And I'll say it. And he's like, that sounds like a lot more than making out. <laughs> like, really? That's what I always thought. I thought making out. was <laughs> So, um, Yeah, it's just really like every term, like discussing it with your partner and also the people that you're with, like, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm communication I
0: think not just with your partner but with the other couple and like if you're my opinion and this is just my opinion if you're too afraid to communicate about sex with other human beings you probably shouldn't be doing it with them
1: I would agree with that wholeheartedly yes (laughs)
0: yeah like if you can't say to somebody oh well what does that sexual term mean to you like if you can't if you're too shy to talk about sex with somebody else then you then you should probably wait until you're ready. You know, exactly.
1: I agree. Um, So the other one that I have down here and you what you said was just a hard rule for you and your partner was protection and condoms. I would say everyone starts with that rule or bound agreement. Um, And the only thing I do want to say about that is in very tight swinging circles, sometimes that gets dropped. So the reason I want to bring that up is because sometimes in a club setting, if those couples are playing together, you might see people playing without protection. And I think that freaks some people out. So um, I just always want to like, it seems like an absolute non negotiable. And in certain circumstances, it becomes negotiable. So just to bring that up as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like there are um, situate. It's situational, but it's. I feel like that situation is very like. There's there's couples who have been swapping together for twenty or thirty years, right? And maybe they just went and got their STD test and they show it to you. Maybe they just got it yes their results yesterday. Like you never know. Um, we've never been in a situation where we've personally done that, but I I know exactly what you're saying. You know, uh, you never know somebody else's boundaries or rules. Um, mm-hmm. and judging, you know, like you said earlier, you know, there shouldn't be a judgment on them.
1: Yeah. And you don't know anyone else. So even though protection seems like we all have that one, we should all still talk about it. And talk about it before the moment, you know, like, there have I've made that mistake so many times, you know, you're like in the room, everything's happening. And you're like, Oh, crap, we never talked about (laughs) condoms. And then someone's like, Yes, we use them, me too. Okay, and it goes on. But like, Probably better to talk about it before you get right to that point.
0: Yeah. And sometimes in the heat of the moment, it's, you know, a lot of, in the SCD conversation and even the consent conversation, it's not really the sexiest conversation, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're talking about what you're going to do, that's sexy, like, Ooh, I can't wait to do this and that, you know, but those conversations, but they're also much needed. So I think that that's just being a sex positive person. I have tried to think of ways to make it sexy, but I just, there's no way I can do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I think incorporating it into the sexy talk, like you're talking about can be fun for sure. So what about no kissing? Because
0: I know that that's a huge one and we've met so many couples who like when they first get into the lifestyle like the kissing thing is just a no-go or like kissing women is okay, but kissing men, is that something that you
1: hear about pretty often? Actually, no. So I'm really surprised to hear you say that because in our experience, we have heard about that, like almost as a myth. (laughs) We have never in five years experienced a couple that had that as a boundary. Um, And I'm, you know, if people want to start with that as a boundary, I don't judge any boundaries or agreements. Um, I think it, it feels to me like it would be a little awkward. I'm going to abide by anyone's agreement, but um, we just haven't experienced that.
0: Yeah. So that was one of ours. And then it was a lot of, a lot of people that we've swapped with that have been newer, um, that was theirs. They're like, yeah, we're okay with bull swap, but no kissing. And I get it because it is, in some people's eyes, a very, and it goes the way for sex work as well. Like, you know, okay, well, we can, you know, have penetration, but don't kiss me. Um, so I think that it's like the intimacy factor. That's where I think <laughs> that it comes from. But I remember listening to a podcast, um, it was Open Love 101, and they said, like, it really takes away from the heat of the moment. And then that's when it clicked for me. I was like, you're absolutely right. You know? So, but yeah, that's, I've seen that as a common one. And I've also seen no orgasms or like no, um,
1: fluid. So you can't like swap fluids. Right. Um, I have never heard the or no orgasm. So I love learning something new. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um the no fluids i haven't heard that one in practice like ex- experienced it myself i know of it, i mean if you're using condoms like what other fluids would that count towards can you just help me understand that one
0: so like if if you're like you can't um if you're if the guy's finishing and like you can't put it in your mouth and and you know, swallow it, right? Like that's I've heard of this before, and I've actually seen it. Um, so the because is
1: mostly about the cum; it's not about saliva or something. Okay, no, no, okay. no. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. about okay.
0: it's cum. Um, and then I think usually for it's not usually for females; it's usually
1: for the male. But yeah. again,
0: that's one of those you can't
1: squirt on your other partner's partner. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is going to be hard, right?
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's one of those rules that also involves the intimacy factor maybe mm-hmm. that couple feels <laughs> like it's that's something for them that they only want to swallow their partners they want to be the only one to swallow their partners come or again like you know even if you're using condoms and stuff like they're the only ones that want them to orgasm with them like it's correct it's an intimacy thing
1: yes i totally get it i want to bring an in intimacy especially to some of our later um agreements that I want to talk about, but that's something special that you just talked about. I was going to bring that up as a blanket thing too. Like within every agreement, you might also want to discuss that piece. Like, is there a sexual position that we want to save between the two of us? Is there this fluid exchange? Is there, you know, something that you want to keep special between the two of you? And sometimes you may not realize that like our very first full swap I loved everything about it, but he called her baby. My husband called her baby at one time. I, you know, I said I'm have or something. And afterwards I was like, that was the only thing that did not feel good to me. And so we were like, okay, no problem. No pet names or, you know, whatever name, or if you have a particular name you want to save or whatever, it's just really good to think through those things and can be fun to think through those things as you're creating your agreements too. Like, oh, let's keep this special between us. Like, that's kind of fun. You know what I mean?
0: And I think sometimes we don't know that it's going to bother us
1: yeah, until you we experience have that
0: moment. It. Yeah. So like, we can't, re- can we really get mad at our partner for calling someone babe? You know, like you no. really can't. No. Um, but when you're new in the lifestyle, you don't know that it's going to bother you. And I've heard that one actually probably more than I've heard the kissing one. Uh, the mm-hmm. kissing boundary is definitely the pet name one. I, I don't know what, and see for me, I don't he, you can call her whatever you want to call her. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's fine for me. it doesn't bother me, but definitely I've heard that so often. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and then our I dropped that one after a while too. That's a good example of one that we had in the very beginning and then after some time, you're like, yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore. Um, and then another one that I think comes up a, it's a little bit more advanced of one is um, sleeping over yeah um so whether you're sleeping over as couples it might be one thing and then especially if you do any separate play and i've also heard that this can come into play because for me that's kind of an advanced move to do a sleepover um especially separate from your partner like to, in my in my opinion that's a very advanced lifestyle move um but sometimes logistics, literally like, oh my God, they live on the way other side of town. I don't want to be driving home at two in the morning, yada, yada, yada. I totally get that. But those are all great things to discuss because that might be what you're thinking. Like, oh, I don't want to drive home at two in the morning. And your partner's like, why, what's happening? (laughs) Why is she coming home? So those are great things to discuss. And also we've even had like um, my husband sleep in the guest room of the house that they're staying at because we didn't do that level of intimacy, so um at that time, so it can be a lot you know lots of things, but that's one that might come up earlier just because of logistics
0: and like I think same room and separate play um those are two big ones, and yeah. Uh, So usually, and this is my experience, when it's same room, it's because one of the partners really enjoys the um, compersion of it, seeing their partner. Um, Usually it's not a control thing. And then separate room, I've actually heard of couples who only do separate rooms and they start out doing separate rooms because they feel like they want to have those moments, like they want to focus 100% on whichever person that they're having sex with, and -hmm. they don't want their partner to distract them. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's different reasons for why people have that as a boundary, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually had that one on my list before the other and I forgot about it. So thank you for saying it. And um, so there's same room, separate room, but also playing together and playing separately, like going on complete dates alone Mm -hmm. etc so those are big um operation decisions (laughs) to make before everyone heads out and again um you know it's just to like uh in the uh, polyamory paradox i'm sorry i'm forgetting the author's name right now but i really liked the concept that she used which was um and something that I talk about is taking baby steps, like the kissing thing that you were talking about earlier. Some people have that as a hard boundary. Sometimes I would suggest that as a first step, like why don't you guys go out if a, if you have a club setting to go to and just try kissing other people and see how that already feels. Now, if that, you know, some people that's not going to work. It's that's obviously like the intimacy variable for them, but um, in this baby step conversation and the boundaries and the comfort zone is like we are really signing up for things that are pushing us out of our comfort zone and we know it. So the role of these agreements is to help us create, like, I'm going to go this much outside of my bubble, out of my comfort zone, or at least that's what we're trying to achieve. And that's so I can go, oh, okay, I was actually, that's fine. I'm comfortable with that now. And then the next time you're putting your uh, comfort zone out a little further. So each time you're expanding, what happens is if we get in ourselves into a situation and we don't have any agreements or we feel unsafe in some way is that when something happens, we get very scared and we constrict. So now the next time we go out, we're going to be like, I don't want to do that and that and that and that, because you're, you're operating from this place of being scared or hurt or whatever. So that is very much how I see the agreements working is they just help us to create these baby steps of of getting outside of our comfort zone.
0: Absolutely. Um, What about non-sexual boundaries? Um, Not in, you know, and when when I say that, I mean like social media and communication type boundaries. I've found that a lot of couples do like to have group chats Uh, they like to have, you know, their, um, couples, Facebook pages or couples, social medias, uh, so that that's what makes them feel comfortable for me and my partner, specifically my partner hates group chats and he hates texting and he hates social media. So like most of the conversations I control, but that's just what works for us. But Mm -hmm. we always abide by the couple's boundaries but I I would find about 95% of the couples that we've met and talked to, they always have couples like group chats.
1: Yeah, that is a great one. I love that you brought that one up. And also not only the group chats, what's the content of the messages? So even if you are texting with someone personally, um, are there picture agreements around that? Like what you are and are not sending to people? I mean, obviously there's some like, um, common sense things about sending strangers <laughs> pictures of your face. But actually, I mean, honestly, like a lot of us, we didn't, when I was dating, dating, I didn't have social media. So I didn't think through all these things, you know? So that was just something that I had to like kind of learn like, oh yeah, I should not send a picture of my face to someone that I don't yet know very well. And um, yeah, so there's both the communication of group versus personal but then also I think content of personal too um the same my husband and I have the same but opposite so he has always done all of our online communications and I will be pulled into group chats because he's like okay they only do group chats will you please come into this one of course I will and I (laughs) I'm happy to do that but yeah it's I'm kind of like your husband like if my husband's willing to do most of that I'm happy not to do it
0: yeah, that's 100% like and that's what I found <laughs> I find like most of the couples that we talk to it's usually the husband and then it's yes. usually me. So people it's kind of like off a little bit. It's different, but again, like you said it's the content as well. Like if I'm sending someone something like, "Oh yeah, I I saw this event or some, you know, that's way different than like flirting. Um, with somebody else- you know, or mm-hmm. sending pictures or videos, you know, which swingers tend to do, so mm-hmm. it's def it definitely depends on the context um and then another thing I think that we don't really bring up a lot so we're not a hot wave couple, but I know that a lot of hot wave couples uh when it comes to communication, and you know they want to make sure that like. Either they're checking in during a play date, because uh, like when hot wife, uh, so a hot wife, in my opinion, is somebody who goes off and does it on their own sometimes. Um, and when they do that, they want to make sure that they're playing, you know, checking in on a play date or turning the ringer on during a play date. Like that's, I feel like one of those boundaries as well.
1: Yeah, and I've actually I've done some of that. And um there have been instances also where I actually have my husband on video in the room um for both fun and safety. <laughs>
0: yes. And I think yeah. that's when you're getting into the hot wife lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common. Um and then also a lot of times they want to discuss the, you know, the husbands want to discuss the details of the actual play date. You know, it's not just like willy-nilly like They want, they want to meet the person first. So those are all things to think about before you you start. Yes, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And also another one kind of that's starting to be in line with what we're talking about is um, playing with, so if you do some playing on your own, is that playing only with other partnered singles (laughs) you know what I mean so like they have a partner they're in lifestyle but you're meeting them as a single or single singles are fine too that is another like agreement to discuss and who you're good with and then Uh, one that came up for us is someone who's in the lifestyle versus not in the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So um, especially men have a harder time finding dates. So they kind of, you know, brought in their app usage and whatever to find them. And I became uncomfortable when someone was not familiar or not in lifestyle themselves, Mm -hmm. because my whole thing is, um, you know, I say it a hundred times lifestyle can be any or non monogamy can be anything you want it to be as long as everyone knows about it and everyone is consenting. So my husband is very upfront about our arrangement and that, you know, we're in lifestyle and all the things, but I don't know if someone could be truly consenting if they don't, they're not in lifestyle and they don't really understand the dynamics. Mm hmm. Do you know what Absolutely, I mean? And yeah. I wouldn't want to set somebody up for disappointment because, oh, they're really looking for a relationship or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it comes, you know, Do you know? so that is just another conversation to have of like keeping it in within lifestyle or, you know, can it be anybody? And right. obviously, and obviously that depends greatly on your, uh, where you're coming from. If you're swingers or polyamorous or whatever.
0: Yeah. One of the things that we deal with is like, co-workers right because like I'm so I'm a stripper but a lot of the times the girls you know are not in the lifestyle they're just like Mm -hmm. into you know or they don't know that they're in the lifestyle type of thing like they like to have threesomes they like to play with couples but like, they don't really understand rules and boundaries like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's why we kind of have scared. We used to do it all the time. Like I would bring girls home all the time. But now we've scared more away from that just because they have a harder time uh, understanding boundaries and and then we run into issues between me and my partner, where it's like, I'm not comfortable with that, you know, so we just decide. And it's the same thing with single men as well. So I Mm -hmm. think that's really important. Like, do you swap with singles or not,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then here's kind of one that I um, just ran across the other day is that this gets into kind of a little bigger picture philosophy. But um, and this is probably This comes up more, I would say for single women in lifestyle, but if they're going on a date with a guy who says he's married and a swinger and whatever, they like to get confirmation whether this is true. So I have been the confirming partner before to be like, True, we're in a swinging relationship. I know all about this activity, um, so that's another kind of agreement with yourself. I would say I love that term that you used earlier—an agreement that you want to make with yourself. Do you care about your whoever you're going out with, their relationship? Some people do, and they're like, "I don't want to be a part of that of cheating. I don't want to be a part of whatever." Some people are like, "Their response, their relationship is not my responsibility." Also true. So you just have to figure out where you stand on that. Um, you know, as couples and and singles, especially, probably.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I've actually met men that have like come into the club and they're married, and then they've told me like, yeah, I met this person on like seeking arrangements or like different websites, and they played the um, you know, uh, so for the hot wife, they played the bull. And their wife didn't know about it. And I'm like, people don't realize how common that is. So when people ask me that question or say that, like, well, how can I do this without my wife knowing? And I'm like, so that's actually not lifestyle. That's <laughs> actually called cheating. And <laughs> ethical non-monogamy is when it's ethical and everybody is okay with that arrangement. Now, there are women who are hot, you know, are there are men who are hot husbands and they go and play with unicorns are single women you know and it's really important And that's why again why we usually only play with people who are in the lifestyle because they understand that boundary
1: exactly um and then here's another one is uh kind of well i doesn't matter if it's related okay here do we play with friends so um That's a big one because some people, that's how they kind of stumble into lifestyle is they end up making out with their best friends in the hot tub one night. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, this is a thing. But also, um, we did not start that way at all. And so we've always, we had that for a long time as a boundary that we wouldn't play with now, this sounds like a weird boundary to set that you wouldn't play with vanilla friends. But like in the beginning, not a lot of our friends were in the lifestyle, but they were curious about it. And like once people know you're in the lifestyle, they might be a little bit open to like, maybe I will, will kiss tonight or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so we set a boundary earlier that has co- We haven't talked about it in a long time, but that we wouldn't play with friends because we felt like that would get awkward. But some people do not have that boundary at all. And they're excited about playing with a friend. So that is just another conversation to have
0: for us. So we've ran into the situation where we both lifestyle and we became like we had never played together. Uh, And then we became such good friends over time that now we can't play together because (laughs) that friendship, like you don't want to ruin that friendship, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's and it goes like that in the vanilla world. Right. Um, So we've we ran into that. And our motto is fuck first and then become friends. And then, you know, if you become friends first and then you decide, like, we just don't we don't cross those lines but that's just like a personal boundary. I think that both me and him have, mm-hmm. um, it's just, we don't like to cross, cross, I guess, cross contaminate those lines, you know, but that's, everyone's different. Um, and like you said, you know, uh, sometimes people get curious and they don't really know who else to go to. So I'm just usually like, Hey, I can, intro- I can introduce you
1: to the lifestyle, but we're not going to, I'm not going to yeah, that way. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I'm a coach, but I don't actually introduce you in this way. <laughs> With me, I'm pointing right. at myself. Okay. Um, then, okay. Here's another one. Uh, paying for dates. Okay. So, um, the people, especially that pay that play separately, um, that has come up, and I've heard in others, and we have talked about it also, and uh, whether it's okay to pay for going out with someone.
0: Yeah, I've never well so like we don't date, we don't really do the apps. Um we're on there to find events and and find other people of course, but like we don't do so the reason why we don't do dates is because what if like you don't like them or something ha- you know and and it's kind of awkward for us. So we only play at events or at mm-hmm. um, you know, uh parties and stuff like that. But That's an interesting one. And I've actually never heard that one before. Yay, I'm glad to bring something
1: new. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I will say the dynamic is oftentimes men who want to pay for dates, because women don't often need to pay for dates. It is much harder if you're especially dating separately for men to find dates. This is common knowledge, no one's going to dispute this. And so some guys are like, hey, I'd really like to use Seeking Arrangements or some other website that this would just be a lot easier um, for me. And so that is just a conversation to have. And that's actually a pretty spicy conversation for people to have. People have strong feelings about that one way or another. And it's a great thing to discuss in a, a couple of relationships.
0: So I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm a sex worker, sex, sex work advocate, mm-hmm. um, and this mm-hmm. is something that I actually talk about a lot, that I think that a lot of single men, and it's like you said, there's no disputing th- that the lifestyle is 66% men and 33% women, and those are just the numbers, like, it's mo- a lot of single men don't really have they they hear about it and I know this because I talk about it every night with with single men or married men because it's my job and I always tell people that I must uh you know I'm a swinger and you know they think everybody has this idea that like they're gonna go to a swinger club and they're just gonna it's a complete fuck fest and everyone's having an orgy and it's gonna be so easy for them to find somebody to fuck and it's like no, you're I tell them I'm honest I'm like you're better off spending that two hundred dollars and going on like arrows or tryst or um you know seeking arrangements and and going out on a date and finding somebody and paying them for it like and that's mm-hmm. just the reality and I know that people have feelings about that and that's okay, but like it that's just the reality it's it's so much harder for single men to be successful in the lifestyle because of the numbers factor, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then let's see what else is on my list here. I think this gets into um, the real sticky stuff that, um, okay, and I'll just say it. So the boundary about feelings.
0: Yeah, that's that's the (laughs) sticky
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) the agreement that we are not going to have, I'm going to put this in quotes since everyone can't hear feelings for other people. Now the conversation to have around that is what does that mean? Feelings. Mm -hmm. So here's an example of like, before when we were just getting into things and I don't even know if we had even played with anyone at the point that we had this conversation, we were like, okay, we would, I'm sure we'll only play with a couple once because that seems like you're starting to get into some kind of relationship. If you you know keep going back to the same couple, and that, by the way, if you're having that conversation, great. And if you have moved on, it seems ridiculous when we when we talk about it now that we had that conversation. Um, here's something else I say about lifestyle: you get into it for the sex well, swinging specifically, I would say a lot of people get into it for the sex, you stay for the friendship. Mm -hmm. Because what you find is that this is a community of just very open-minded, respectful, fun people to hang out with. You know, when we first got into lifestyle, we met people that were like, we only hang out with lifestyle people. We're like, really? Because like we at the time only had vanilla friends. And over time, we're like, yeah, we now mostly have in their lifestyle friends. And that's who you hang out with. I think that's for a couple reasons, but um, it is just a fun crowd. And so to say that you're not gonna, I think one word that I like to use is connection. Mm -hmm. I actually think that what we're all actually really in this for is connection. That sounds a little scary to people who are just getting into this because We don't want connection, Mm -hmm. but connection is just connecting with another human. You connect with a human at the grocery store. You know, if you get into a quick conversation over the the cash register, you can have connection with anyone at any time. It doesn't mean that you are what I call, I'm going to put it in quotes again, feelings for someone. So this is the conversation to have is what do feelings mean? I feel like I am very clear and what feelings mean inside of me. And I am very clear what I am not looking for and what my husband and I have agreed that we're not looking for. So I feel, I'm going to keep saying I feel because this is so controversial. I feel that if I was starting to have feelings for someone, I could be like, you know what? I'm not going to pursue that relationship anymore because that's really not what I'm looking for. mm mm-hmm for their benefit, my benefit, my relationship's benefit. I feel like I have that ability to create that agreement and boundary for myself. You know, this is where people are like, well, you can never control feelings. That's true. Maybe I can't control my attraction for that person. I can control what I choose to do with those feelings. Now as humans, this is where I always, you know, things go awry because especially in a situation where um, if two people meet, there's an immediate role, you know, I've never had a love at first sight kind of meeting with anyone, but certainly I know that it exists Mm -hmm. and you feel so strongly that this is something that, you know, you, you're drawn towards. And there are chemical things that happen in our brains around new relationship energy. This is, you know, well-documented and we make bad decisions, (laughs) when we are in those chemicals. Can all of this happen? Yes, it can. And this is what makes getting into lifestyle scary for everyone, because the scariest thing ever is that, well, again, I'm coming at it from a swingers perspective, but if, you know, is damaging your relationship that you're in and you both love so much. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot that you can do to mitigate these risks. Is it always going to be there? Yes. I mean, it's like wearing seatbelts in a car. You're mitigating a risk. Could you still get in an accident? Yes. But, you know, I wouldn't, I think some people kind of like throw out boundaries and agreements because they're like, you can never control feelings. Like that doesn't compute in my world at all because these boundaries and agreements are what keep us safe. It helps us have the conversations about what we do and do not want in our lives, and our relationships. And then we do our best from there.
0: And it, I think it all stems from fear, you know, just like jealousy in general. it's It stems from fear of losing your – and everybody says this to me right before they get in the lifestyle – how do you know that you're not going to lose your partner? How do you know that your partner is not going to, A, have sex with somebody and it's going to be better, or they're going to meet somebody and then they're going to decide that they don't want to be with you anymore, and then they want to be with that person? Have I seen it happen in the lifestyle? I have seen it happen. Um, but you also have to have a strong foundation with your partner and keep that line of communication open. I'll never forget when my partner, we were we met a unicorn and it was uh, for content creation, and she actually wasn't in the lifestyle. But he came to me and he's they they had been laying on the couch and cuddling which didn't bother me um and he came to me and he said to me oh my god I have feelings for this person I have a like a like a crush that you have like when you're in school how do I are you okay with that how do how do I deal with this should we never talk to her again and I'm like I wasn't upset I wasn't like oh my god I'm gonna lose him to her and he's gonna fall in love with her it was more of like wow, I'm actually really glad that I know that you can develop feelings for people and you can develop connections with people. And now I know that this lifestyle is not just about sex anymore. Now we can develop connections because I'm a demisexual. So I cannot have sex with somebody unless I am have a connection with them. Right. Um, and that connection helps with the sexual part of it for me. So that's why I'm so picky now. When we first started, we just kind of, we didn't know what to do, but that's why I think in a lot of ways. So have you ever heard of the term swally or progressive uh swinging?
1: Tell me more about that.
0: So swally or progressive swinging is where, or like friends with benefits. Sure. So, you have know, connections. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you have these connections. You're having feelings, right? But these aren't the feelings of like, I want to leave my partner and go off and marry this person and have children with them and create a and build a life with them. I just really enjoy having sex with this person. I'm connected to them on an emotional, spiritual level, um, whatever that may be for you. And I think that a lot of people are very afraid of that, but also it can be so rewarding. I know for me personally, it's so, it's been so rewarding that I can get something from somebody else on on an emotional level, on a spiritual level that my partner can't get to me.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I love that you're talking about this and I haven't heard those exact terms. I love them actually, but, um, there's a lot of unlearning to do in non-monogamy, right? Because we all grew up in monogamous cultures, So there's a lot of non-unlearning to do. One of my unlearnings was there is um, there's a friend and then there's a threat. <laughs> like in the monogamous world, that's kind of what we have. We have friend and girlfriend, right? And so um, that was something that we've also discovered and that I was just talking about a minute ago in the connection. Now, all of our friends, our lifestyle, we have great deep friendships with many people. Um, and I think they're deeper than a lot of my vanilla friendships, but they're still not, it's not my boyfriend. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right. Absolutely. That's not like, you know, you're, you're I don't have I... an
1: emotional, right. I don't have an emotional commitment to this person outside of like what we've sort of established and vice versa. There's no expectation from either one of us to fulfill something for the other person. But the thing that you just said, I think is even subconsciously, the reason that people are so afraid of non-monogamy is that the idea that maybe we don't get everything from our partner. And I think that's already happening in monogamous relationships. You know, I have depended on my girlfriends heavily for a lot of emotional support through the years that like I just wasn't getting from my husband. And I think that's totally fine. And he was never threatened by that. Right. When that becomes someone of the opposite sex, does that become threatening? Possibly. But these are all things that like you can work through and discuss and decide what your comfort levels are. But I think one thing it does take, and I have said this many times, if you're going to be in lifestyle, it does take someone who has some self-awareness and understanding of their feelings, you know, because like you're saying, him coming to you to say, I'm actually developing feelings and a crush on this person that is very self-aware. Some people are not even like, they're just like, this is fun. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if you can't recognize those things and those nuances, that's going to be more challenging for you. And it's also how your, your partner
0: reacts to it as well. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you have to be, I always say this to people, you have to be emotionally intelligent. And what that means is, you know, you have to fix and heal those parts of you because it's not easy. Uh, and you, you can't heal those parts for your partner you have to do that work. Um, and you can do it together. You can be a support system, but you have to do that work. And that's one thing that we, that me and my partner have learned through the years of navigating non-monogamy is like, uh, we're at such a different place than we were when we started because we had no other choice, but to heal that shit. Um, and so I always, I always say that I'm like, listen, this is not like all fun and games and, and, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Like there's some shit that you're going to have to heal. And um, it's, it can be hard. And I think that is why, you know, we need people like you because I can't go to a regular coach or a therapist and, and be like, all right, well, we're non monogamous. We need to heal this shit. Can you help us? That's why what you do is so important because you're coming at it from a non-monogamy standpoint, especially being in the lifestyle yourself. Correct.
1: Yeah. And um, I think that, so one thing I will say with caution is that um, you may not, make what I say to some people is you may not know it yet, but you're in for the personal growth journey of your lifetime (laughs) (laughs) because of what you're talking about. But if you're not attracted to that, like if I'm going to scare you off by saying that, then honestly, like maybe lifestyle is not for you because this is such a, a real dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that is why I do say it. And also I think some people in the vanilla world would be like, my God, then why are you doing that? And it's because of what you said earlier that just these relationships can be so rewarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only does your own your primary relationship grow in such a rewarding and fulfilling way. But then these other relationships are also bring so much to your life. And that's ultimately why we all do it.
0: Right. And also, I think we grow as people. Boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know, boundaries are really important. Like I said earlier, in the lifestyle, obviously, they're important. Like it also teaches you boundaries you know, and it it helps you really figure out who you are and what you want and, uh, what, what feels good, what feels safe and what doesn't feel good. And I think that these are great things, but like you said, if you're not ready for that journey, if you're not ready to like be rejected and like, have you know, or like for your partner to maybe possibly feel feelings for someone else. Um, if you're not ready to deal with your jealousy or, you know, anything like that, which those are, you know, just big ones. Those are like surface level. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, I would say top of the line deal (laughs) dealings with and feelings and And so you don't, you know, have to start there. I think that's the other thing that's scary for people is that they see maybe what you're working through and they're like, I would not want to be working through that. Well, you've been working through this stuff, kind of working up to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're like looking at an advanced person going, I don't, but you're a beginner. It doesn't, these are different worlds. Don't worry about that. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about that. And the other thing I do want to say about the jealousy and the strong feelings and the, um, and the boundaries is that this also takes being really honest with yourself and it is okay if you feel jealous Yeah, and it is okay that something doesn't feel good and it is okay for you to actually create a boundary around that. Yeah. I think, I think one trap that we can fall into in the non-monogamous world is like I am I am non-monogamous, so I can't feel jealousy. I'm non-monogamous. I'm not being a very good non-monogamous right now if I feel this. You know, it's kind of like almost used against yourself, but you have to be honest with yourself. Like I am, like I would love to allow that, but today I am not comfortable with that. Yeah. I, I maybe remember that, maybe story. that's maybe that's something we can work towards. Yeah. Maybe I don't think I'm ever going to want that, but it's okay for today. You can say no, because it doesn't feel good today. And that is your, always your prerogative. Yes. So my girlfriend told me this
0: story one time and she told me, and I won't say who it is, but she told me the story of like how they wanted to try letting her husband be a hot husband uh, and go off and have sex with a hot wife. And she was going to like, they were like in a video chat. Well, After it happened or while it was going on, she said she got so jealous and that was her first thought. She said, I must be so terrible at being non-monogamous because I'm feeling really jealous and I don't like these feelings. I'm feeling like these feelings that I've never felt before. And I don't like these feelings. So now a boundary of theirs is like, he doesn't hot ha- husband. And like, that's never going to happen. We, they tried it and they were glad that they tried it. But like, that's, that's a part of this, you know, like sometimes things are going to happen and you're going to have feelings. It doesn't mean that like, You're a terror, you're not a good swinger, you know? (laughs) Or even if you don't develop connections with people and you just like to, you just get in the lifestyle for the sex part of it. Yeah. Or even the social part of it. And you don't even have sex with anybody else. Exactly. Exactly. There's no right or wrong way to do ethical non monogamy as long as it's ethical, right? So everybody's dynamics. Everyone knows
1: about it and everyone's consenting.
0: Everyone's dynamics are going to be vastly different. And, um, some people might have the same dynamics. I know last night Brad called me on the phone when I was at work and he saw a video of my friend with, um, a single guy. And he said, don't you get any ideas because I'm not okay. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Maybe someday, but I'm not there yet. But
1: yeah,
0: he's like, I knew, I know you saw that video and you were thinking it. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. Cause I know what our, are. you know, I know what keeps you safe and what makes you feel safe. And that's for him, that's what makes him feel safe. I used to think it was like an insecurity, but I—it's I, it's a safety thing, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't well, judge. And him. it might be an insecurity, and that's mm-hmm. okay. We have yeah. insecurities, exactly. It's—it's it's that accepting ourselves, a moment of where we're at.
0: It's called being a human, <laughs> <Exactly>. and <laughs> it's called having childhood trauma, and like, ha- you know, just growing as people. And um, I think boundaries really are a huge part of that. Um, Looking at yourself and figuring out who you are and who you and your partner are together. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's, it's a broken record, but like communication, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So as a coach, what do you do? Like, what would you do if me and my partner came to you and I was like, Hey, you know, me and Brad have this boundary that no single men and I went off and I, I broke our boundary, you know, when we were at the club and um, like, how would you help us navigate through that?
1: I would say the approach is always let's get underneath, like, let's get underneath why the boundary was originally created. And when I say underneath, you know, it might be, <clears throat> well, I just am not comfortable with her being with single men. Okay, Why? well because you know that really brings up in me that you know that that's someone that she could possibly run off with okay why does that bother you and it's just getting under and under and under and having those conversations on both sides also why did you feel compelled to or why didn't why did you decide to break a boundary in that moment like what is so important to you about that situation and so always it's just really what's are driving us underneath mm-hmm. and and coming to some better understanding about those boundaries and the learning underneath that that may change the boundary it may not change the boundary hopefully gets everybody more in stronger agreement <laughs> around it um And because that's kind of the thing that I said about the boundary. If you're like, my boundary is this and someone decides to break it, now it's all on you, Mm -hmm. right? To uphold your boundary. (laughs) And when it's an agreement, it's really like, okay, well, why, what compelled us to break that agreement? And so does this agreement actually need to be stronger or actually looser? Like what, how are we going to get underneath the motivations of that? It's, I think it's um,
0: what's the right word? It's compromising with your partner, and like we've we've had those conversations um about compromise and like one like one of the boundaries that so whenever I travel alone, I can only play with females and not males, and that's an agreement that we've come to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that it came from a place of my partner of jealousy and again insecurity. Really, when we got down to the root of it, we found out it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with him feeling that I was safe because he is, you know, males are, you know, within our society, our protectors. And he said, if he's not there to protect me, something could happen. There could be, you know, uh, some sort of maybe I'm not consenting to something and he can't protect that um, if he's not there. And so that made, that helped me compromise more like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. Um, And that's not something that we can really fix or help. Like, I think that that's an internal feeling that men have, like that protection feeling. And that's just something, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say it's like natural. So
1: (laughs) yeah, he has. Yeah, exactly. It's always about getting underneath and understanding. I think when we understand where our partner is coming from, we're always more, Happy to sign up for it
0: and more empathetic. Like, yes, if, if it's if it's like a hard no, like, no, you are never going to be able to be with a single guy ever. But once they or you know, single female, um, once they kind of you can peel back those layers, um, I think it's that's really really important, like peeling back those layers and figuring out because then now I can I'll be more apt to compromise when I feel more empathetic to my partner and his feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I can just help people do is peel back the layers because sometimes there are some sticky layers that are <laughs> difficult for people to talk with. And just having that third person there and just asking the right questions can get you there a little more easily.
0: And you help people. Cause like, uh, I think in this lifestyle there's a lot of vulnerability that goes into it. You have to be very vulnerable. So you kind of just help people navigate through that vulnerability and ask them the right questions and um, get them talking and having those conversations being vulnerable.
1: Correct. Well, when you're in a place of being scared and someone else is asking you, I want to do this thing that makes you scared. It's really hard to get into a place where you feel safe to really talk about that. So the third person can kind of be the... kind of release some of that tension.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, again, sometimes it's a little harder to be vulnerable. I I don't know. I, I hear this a lot that people have a vulnerability issue. I don't, I'm always vulnerable. I don't know what it is, but, um, people have that issue. So I think it's really important to have that third person and, um, you know, Brad and I have been there. We've, we've had to do relationship coaching and, uh, we went through two years of therapy before we got into the lifestyle,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to build those blocks, uh, you know, and, and build that foundation of, um, strength and vulnerability. And we still have issues in, you know, everybody does, uh, because that's just kind of, uh, the lifestyle is not a fix, you know, a fix all right. Yeah, it's not, gonna it's not a fix
1: at all. And also the thing about vulnerability that I think is kind of a paradox and an interesting one is that we are the most vulnerable with our partners. That's what establishes our strong foundations to begin with. And sometimes it is the most difficult to be vulnerable with that person because there's so much to lose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I. So and that's that's where I can come in and also help people see where that might be happening. Cause that's not always obvious.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so do, do you think say I'm wanting to get into the lifestyle? Um, I talk with my partner and I'm like, you know, um, okay, I want, we want to do this. How do we get there? Um, is that something that you can coach people through
1: and help people with? Absolutely. I would say, um, So I think what people do is they see me, like when they're first getting into it, maybe they see that I exist in a, you know, a post or something. And then a lifestyle coach, it's interesting. I don't really know I would need a lifestyle coach. Then they go off and they start doing lifestyle stuff and they're like, oh, okay. I can see why we might need a lifestyle coach because just being more prepared. Like I said, half these conversations that we just talked about, they're really common, but you don't know to have them. Yeah, You just Mm -hmm. don't know. And rather than stumbling through all that, like, I think for us, it would have been really great to like, have had many of the conversations that we had through trial and error, um, had those before we even started, that would have been truly amazing.
0: And so do you help people gain? um, Do you help? While while you're coaching? Do you help them gain that emotional intelligence? The the you know, how to talk to each other, what to say, like, are those all kind of things that you go through, especially with newer couples?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, where do you I mean, the biggest question is always, what do you want? Where do you want to be? What do you what is intriguing to you, and helping people establish how they do those baby steps? Because, you know, I mean, sex club is a very common first step, um, in terms of like, checking out the The scene. And that concerns me to some degree, because depending on the night, um, some clubs can be super wild and crazy, and sometimes it can just be too much too soon for people. And then they see that and they go, oh, that's not for us and they walk away. Well, maybe Mm -hmm. it's not for you, but I really wouldn't want you to think that based on that one experience. And I think that's what I can also help people through is understanding a lot of the options and what things might look like and not look like and prepare them for what they might see or not see and um, expectations around whether you will or will not meet a couple at the club, all those kinds of things that can just set you at ease and make the process so much more fun when you're not worrying about it.
0: Right. When, and when you have those foundation and I think confidence, and I say this a lot, confidence comes from doing something a lot and knowing about it and having a very clear understanding. And unfortunately there's not a whole lot out there in terms of like, you know, swinging and lifestyle, you know, based because of like censorship and like, also it depends on who you're listening to or who, what podcast you're listening to.
1: Right. Well, this is what I often say is until you know about lifestyle, sometimes you don't know about lifestyle. Some people know about it. Like we didn't know a thing about it. Like we had friends that were in the lifestyle that we didn't even know until later when we were in lifestyle, that they were in lifestyle. We just didn't know that it existed. Like we knew about polyamory. We didn't know about anything else. And we knew very little about that. So, when you're in it and you're on all these websites and the dating sites and the um, swinger society, and you know, all these things, there are ads and, you know, all the things, that's how you learn about so much stuff. But until you know that that to go to those sites, you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And like when my
0: partner came to me, it was like, there's these lifestyle clubs. These are there. I'm like, I'm not going to a key party, dude, with like all people who are my dad's (laughs) age. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, this is my number one drives me crazy stereotype that is out there is the key party thing.
0: But that's all that that's That's all all people know. I know,
1: I know. know. And when
0: you're like, when someone says swinging, you just assume. Like everybody has all of these exum- assumptions and expectations about what a sex club is, or what a swinger club is, or what a, you know, a swinging relationship is, and, um, you know, I think that's why I love doing what I do because I I get to break that barrier and and explain to people like, no, it's not just a crazy orgy, you know, um, I mean, and like you were saying a little bit earlier, and something that I wanted to add to the conversation, um, you know if you go to Naughty in New Orleans, which is actually where me and Lauren met, but if you go to an event like Naughty in New Orleans, where there's 2,600 people and there's like, you know, all these couples, like 1,400 couples, you know, or whatever, 1,200 couples or whatever, you know, that's going to be kind of probably overwhelming. Um, so someone like Lauren can really help you navigate what you're looking for, what your goals are. Maybe you do like to date. Maybe you want your wife to be a hot wife, you know, but, but she can help you have those conversations. That's what I think is what you do. Correct? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us, uh, if people are interested in that or, um, if they want to learn more about you, how can they find you? Uh,
1: yeah, so there's lots of places. The primary, primary spot is my website, which is swinginglifestylecoach.com. And I have a blog on there that actually talks about a lot of these topics that we've talked about. So if you're new and just want to learn, that's a great place to go. I have workshops that I'm having regularly online and sometimes in person, all my naughty ones um, that I did at Naughty in New Orleans were on there too. But I have, um, so there are, as a range of topics and workshops. That's also where you can sign up for a free 20 to 30 minute consultation. If coaching is something that you think you might be interested in, but want to know more about it, I'm happy to talk through what you're the stage that you're at. Um, and it's also, if you're ready to jump into some coaching, you can schedule an appointment there. Um, and I actually have a workshop called the conversation that, uh, I'll, that every lifestyle couple should be having. It was one that I actually did at Naughty in New Orleans, but the it online is happening on August 26th. So that's, um, something that people might be interested in as well.
0: Oh my God, that would, that's really, really important. I think that's a really good one too. Um, and it's cool that you offer that via zoom. I mean, so do you, do you go to a lot of conferences, uh, that because I I'm seeing a lot more of the naughty New Orleans style conferences where the in cl- especially you know at naughty New Orleans I mean I don't know if your classes were pretty filled but I know a lot of the class a lot of people just really that are in the lifestyle they really do want to they they have a learn. thirst to learn about it and learn absolutely. How- So I think that that's really, really good. And it's much needed for people, you know, um, and I think that it's great that you offer that for people. So uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love doing that. I do. I live in Salt Lake City. And so I do some in person events here. And if you are an organizer of these events, I absolutely love doing this in person. So reach out to me for that as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and chatting boundaries with me. And yeah, so fun. Thank you. Overall lifestyle. I think that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. Um, and that's one thing that I love about, uh, you know, the podcast in general is just that, you know, hopefully people are getting some sort of knowledge and, and growth out of it, you know, cause we're all on our, our path of growing
1: Yeah. And
0: we, we're keeping it, keeping it going. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, and again, if you guys want to find Lauren, you can go to her website. Can you say that one more time? And it yes. will be in the show notes as well.
1: Swinginglifestylecoach.com. So swinging
0: life, lifestylecoach.com. If people want to, you know, email you, can they email you as well?
1: Oh yeah. And I am on Instagram, same name, Swinging Lifestyle Coach. Facebook, Swinging Lifestyle Coach. Pretty easy to find them in the same name everywhere. Except SC, SDC and Cassidy, I am um, Swinging Coach on those okay. two. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank
0: you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great. This has been really awesome.